and ride with me in my foul life. It's the Foul Life Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chad Belding back at you. Thank you so much for the subscriptions, the downloads. I'm excited right now. I'm feeling good. I've been working out. Even when we were on the road, we were trying to bring our little road kit with us. We're working out. Thank you to Mountain Ops for bringing you this episode. This episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by Mountain Ops Utah. Family owned and operated business, supplementation, protein, meal replacement. I love the Renew. I love the Blaze. I love the Energy Shots. I love the BCAAs. I love the Yeti pre-workout. Check out Mountain Ops for all of your supplemental needs. If you're into fitness, if you're into working out, whether it's cardio, whether it's weight training, interval training, get involved, take care of your body, make a better version of yourself. And that's what me and my guest, my guest and I, Joel Clayfish, are talking about today on this episode of the Foul Eye Podcast is being on the road and losing your routine. And do we want to be in shape as duck hunters? Do we want to stay in shape as goose hunters? We're carrying, you know, up to 50, 60 pounds at a time if you got three or four geese in each arm and you're running back in your knee boots and your bibs and you're trying to trample through corn and stubble corn and it's uneven ground. I don't want to sprain an ankle. I don't want to be out of breath when I drop those geese and trying to get back in the pit. I don't want to pull a muscle. I don't want to hurt myself. I want to be in shape. I want to be able to put those geese down, get them to each of the guys in their possession unit, their daily unit, their daily limit right there. I want to get the goose call back to my mouth and call the next flock. And I think that we huff and puff too much because we take it for granted that we don't have to be in shape because we're not climbing a big mountain to get a sheep or an elk, or we're not climbing Mount Everest like the mountain climbers do. We do have to be in shape. We want to live forever. We want to hunt into our seventies, eighties. John Lamonico's 93 this year and still hunting ducks. Just got back from 25 days in Argentina. Come on, y'all. Let's stay in shape. Let's make better versions of ourselves every day. It's the Foul Life Podcast brought to you by Mountain Ops. My man, Joel Cleefish, coming at you. We're going to talk about fitness, getting out of your routine when you're on the road, nutrition, everything that goes into it. I hope you all enjoy Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Sig Sauer. Freedom, get to know your firearm, get to know your handgun, understand protection of your family is key, your house, your community your ownership of that gun, your confidence in that gun, study it, go to sigsour.com, find out how to do enroll in classes, whether it's through their program or through a local program, take courses, find a qualified instructor, get your CCW, your concealed weapons permit, and have confidence with that firearm to protect your family. We have the right to bear arms through our second amendment of our United States constitution, the declaration of independence. And I want to make sure that people understand that Sig Sauer supports the culture of the American hunter, the American provider, the outdoorsman, the gatherer. And that's why we are truly honored to be part of the Sig Sauer family. So if you're looking for your next handgun, look no further than Sig Sauer. I'm Chad Belding. Thank you to Mountain Ops for another great episode. I hope you all enjoy this. And when you're listening to it, I hope you're on that Stairmaster, burning some calories, getting ready to go do some weights, anything. Just get the body moving. I'm as guilty as anybody of getting out of my routine and eating a donut or a Casey's pizza once in a while. Let's try to be in the best shape of our lives and be the best version of ourselves. Thank you again, Mountain Ops. I hope you all enjoy this episode of the Foul Life Podcast. I was like, I battled like being fat my whole life. Really? Yeah, I was like seven and. My mom's like, uh, listen, the next thing we have to do is go buy huskies, husky pants. You were getting that big? Well, I, you know, I was a, like a borderline chubby kid, never fat, but like borderline chubby. And she said, we get, we need to put you on a calorie restriction. This is the woman who had pasta at every single meal, 17 courses, meat. Potatoes for my dad because he was German and pasta. Were they little people? 
Uh, my dad was always, you know, like a stout dude. He carried like barrels of beer for the church festivals over his shoulder. I mean, he was like, he could remove stumps from the ground with his hands. Just a absolute powerhouse of a dude his whole life. My mom was a little, you know, round around the corners, Italian woman, five foot nothing. And she, every single meal, it would be like, we need to calorie restrict you, Joel, because you're in regular clothes now, but the next step is the Huskies at Kmart, you know, the Husky, because they were like the little chubbier pants. And so she'd say that, and then we'd sit down, and I'd have my plate in front of me, and then she'd be like, well, aren't you going to try this? Well, aren't you going to try the 17 sides I made? And I would look at her and say, I thought I was supposed to be restricting calories. Well, yeah, just eat a little teeny bit of it. So my entire life I fought with being on the cusp of being fat. I was super fat like seven, eight years ago. Super fat. I weighed 310 pounds. Really? Yeah. What do you weigh now? Um, 237 right now. I'd like to get down to 205. 237 and... You were at 310 at one time? I was at 310. Yeah. You, I, Could you imagine walking around with 75 more pounds no, on you? No, I can't. Right now, every pound matters. I, I heard that one pound of weight is four pounds extra pressure on your knees. I don't know if that's true or not, but man, I, I, I'm telling you, weight is directly proportional. I was my fittest of my adult life right before COVID. I weighed... 215 pounds and i was pretty i mean i have a wide frame so that was like pretty good fighting weight for me and then during covid it's not an excuse but i gained like 25 30 pounds and now i'm fighting to knock that back that is a that is a struggle for someone who loves food or lives for food food's my drug you know hunting is my drug and food is my drug so it's a struggle for somebody who have you always had an addicting personality like always. I know you're I know you're sober with drinking now. Was that because you couldn't just have one? You had to have 10? I just know myself well enough. And when the doctor said, you know, three drinks a week, I, I said, I winked and I said, three drinks a night. And he said, no, three drinks a week. And I just quit because I know myself too well. I do have a really indulgent, I, I don't know if it's addictive or indulgent personality. You um, have a problem with fortune control still with meals? Absolutely. I have a, I want to taste everything. I want to eat everything. And you know, you eat when you eat fast, it's it doesn't hit your stomach yet and you eat more before you're and then then you're too full after that. So I I do of course, I love I live to hunt and I live to cook it and I live to eat it. And I love all the flavors and all the things and all the sides and that's it's tough. It is tough. It's a conundrum, especially when you love cooking as much as I do. So what are, do you try to cut out the starches and the breads and the rices and you're doing these low carb tortilla wraps like yeah. you did yesterday? Is that kind of what you do? When you grow up eating in a, from an, a first generation Italian mom, everything is pasta and bread. Every, the entire, and you know, we grew up, we didn't have, my dad was a school teacher and my mom stayed at home with us. We didn't, we were, uh, I won't say poor, but we were frugal, relatively, you know, middle-class family and, and stretched everything. There was a meat with every meal, but then there was, you know, corn, if it was in season, sweet corn, and she'd make two or three sides every meal, and there was potatoes and pasta. 
and Italian bread that was either garlic bread or just hot out of the oven, fresh Italian bread. So trying to take a lifestyle where the majority of your calories you eat every single day is in the starches and carbohydrates, and you grow up and that's all you know and all you learn, turning that into a lean protein diet with vegetables is really tough. Uh, but it's, it's possible and it's way easier today than it used to be. I mean, I used to make low carb, like cloud bread and things out of egg whites and whipping meringues. And, you know, you can make it, you can make a completely carb free cheesecake now and it tastes delicious. So doing that today, eating lower carbohydrate, uh, higher protein is much easier today than it ever was. And frankly, with a provider style life, you can do a high protein, low carbohydrate diet fairly easily. And most of the stuff like riced cauliflower instead of rice, you know, that kind of thing. Or um, I find ways to make stuff out of almond flour instead of, you know, wheat flour. And the sauces and stuff that I really love and get into, I've, I use a little xanthan gum at home instead of a roux with flour in it. And it has the same net effect on it. You got to tweak a lot of things. It's a lot of work to cook a low-carb lifestyle, but you can do everything just as You think it's low-carb that's going to make you lose weight? Low-carb, people are misconceived by that, I think. I don't think low-carbohydrate makes you lose weight. I think what it does is allow your body a healthier um, uh, balance between... So everybody's pancreas emits insulin. Insulin counteracts sugar that's in your blood. And as you get older, everybody's pancreas works harder as you get older. And a lot of people's pancreas doesn't uh, emit as much um, insulin as it used to. And that's what a type 2 diabetic is. A type 2 diabetic is a person uh, whose body does not metabolize all the sugar you eat because there's not enough insulin coming from your pancreas. A ketogenic diet or a low-carbohydrate diet allows your body to be in ketosis, which is... A, a state of your body whereby it's burning the fuel of your body, the fat of your body versus taking carbohydrates you put in it and converting those directly into energy. So it, it's arguable whether you actually lose weight for it. I do it mostly because I don't want to become a type two diabetic. I don't want to become diabetic. So I keep my blood sugar, I, I keep my sugar intakes low so that I don't become diabetic and uh, my body has an easier time metabolizing sugar. I have diabetes in my family too. So, do you, being a waterfowl hunter and loving food, like a lot of waterfowl hunters love food? I mean, they, do you, you know, when you're a big game hunter, you're hiking more, you're in the mountains more, you're, you're perceived at least, the perception at least is that you're in better fitness, better fit shape, you're, you're walking more, you're burning more calories, you're, you're training different ways. And then when you become a waterfowl hunter, it's a drive the truck out to the field and you're bending over and you got to make sure that your core is good and because you'll your back will get sore. But yeah. then you're just pretty much laying there during the hunt. And then you send the dog out, get a goose. You might have to get up and adjust the decoys. You might have to get out and go go shoot a cripple. Um, but for the most part, when you're elk hunting, sheep hunting at high elevations, you that's know, tough. It's 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 a tougher workout. But then when you start getting into public areas or marshy land, when you're walking through a foot of mud and you're trudging through mud and you got a bag of decoys and you're pulling a sled, um, you know, it's waterfowl hunting can be exerting. Hell, like you yes. can you can go through hell, you know, if you're hunting hard every day and waterfowl hunting. 
But what role does that play in your decision of like, are you burning enough calories during the day? Are you active enough during the day? Because if you have the right diet and you eat the right, you know, let's say that you have good portion control. I feel you can eat whatever you want if you have the right fitness goal in mind. Now, I'm not saying that every body type's the same and that you can go out and eat two extra large pizzas. I don't mean that when I say whatever you want, but you don't have to cut out all the pastas. Here, the problem with that kind of diet, and I understand the diabetes part of it, but a lot of people go so drastic. I'm not eating any carbs, no lasagna, no bread, no rice, no sushi, nothing, right? And then after a couple months of that, they're like, okay, I'm going to start eating like a man again. And then the weight all comes back. And then back. it all comes back yeah. because you haven't trained your body or changed your lifestyle. That's correct. In the calorie burning department, in the fitness true. model, right? 100%. So what is your mindset on, you're a waterfowl hunter, so you're not getting the workouts per se as if you were a Western mountain hunter and you were, you were chasing mule deer and, and antelope and sheep and elk every day, right? Well, so I have like the phases. You hit the nail on the head, though, when you talk about it. At the end of the day, it's calories in, calories out, period. Yeah. And if you're burning more calories than you're eating, you're going to lose weight. If you're taking in more calories, you're going to gain weight. In Wisconsin, and it used to be, you know, I have like three phases in my life. I, I have the super fat, the regular fat, and now the fighting to get back to regular fat phase. So wait a minute, super fat? That's when I was 310 regular pounds. Fat. Now I'm, so I was super fat. Then I was just like regular fat, Wisconsin standards, regular <laughs> fat. I mean, most Wisconsin people was, standards. Yeah. You know, most people in Wisconsin have extra pounds on them. They're regular fat. It's just regular. It's not, you know, it's the kind of fat that a couple of extra pounds never really hurt. Like Aaron Lewis says, mm -hmm. you know, in country boy. So when you, and when I was like, when I call myself in my regular fat phase, that's when I was like pretty fit and. And during that phase of life, which was, you know, 10, 10 years ago that started every waterfowl season, I'd have a few extra pounds on then waterfowl season would come and I could eat pretty much whatever I wanted because in Wisconsin, we're walking into fields a lot, a lot of fields. We don't have uh, permission to drive in. So we're hauling, you know, a hundred pounds on our back, walking a thousand yards to set up, uh, pick up and walk back even on dry fields. But then you have the muddy field days where it's twice as much work or you're lugging into a swamp i mean we were lugging into a swamp on a duck hunt once and i went and and i was with the younger lighter kids and they're walking on the top tops of these bogs through the swamp and every step i took i was in up to my waist every step and i and it was like 10 below zero and i literally thought i'm like all right call the medevac I'm going to have to get helicoptered out of here. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. And I was soaked. I had, you know, freezing water down my waders and my gloves. And then the sun broke. And then we started seeing tornadoes of ducks coming. And I crawled on my stomach to the edge to shoot these ducks. I mean, it was one of the greatest hunts of my life. But I literally thought I was going to die on the way there and back. Uh, so it was like during hunting season, those few extra pounds would come off. Now, as I'm older, metabolism's a little slower. It doesn't quite work that way. And you also develop, the human psyche is fascinating because you develop ways around things. We develop easy ways out and we'll find a way to get the car closer to where we're setting up or we'll just set up closer to where the car is. Um, you know, as, as you get older, you find ways to make things easier, paper plates instead of dishes at, at hunting camp, you know? I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Well, I think it's easy maybe to, you don't. I think it's easy to say that we could, 
But don't you want to be somebody that self-challenges yourself every day to to be able to live this lifestyle for the next 30 years? No question. Because, and I think that that is a quintessential part of being a hunter provider. I mean, there are some people who just hunt for the kill. And I, I find that incredibly sad and it, I feel sorry for them. I don't but know a lot of them, if any, myself. I don't, I don't know a lot of them either. Um, we get accused, I mean, we all get accused of that and, and I, I really don't know many either, but if that exists, that's sad. But for those of us who make it a lifestyle, that is exactly part of the reason, you know, what you just touched on. We do exactly what we do because we take this inordinate satisfaction of doing something that maybe the average person isn't doing, succeeding at something. And that has been a mantra of mine in life. Life is about experiences, not things. Period. 100%. And so people will say, you know, if someone said to you, oh, Joel, you know, uh, when I said, yeah, I'm going to run for the legislature, you know how many, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, man, sure you are. You're never going to win. It's never going to happen. Or I'm going to have some local television show. Come on, dude. No, you're not. Give me a break. That never happens. So what you're talking about is a fundamental philosophical drive in a person's brain to say, I don't care what the extra mile is. I'm going to prove that I can do it and and accomplish it. And I think that part is true. But I still think that there is uh, an aspect of the human nature that allows us to find an efficient way to do things. And I hope. I mean, I hope I'm explaining that to I show think, you the difference. <clears throat> I think you are. But my question to you personally is if you have been told these things by your cardiologist, by your doctors, diabetes, heart problems, cholesterol, blood pressure, all this stuff, and you are a self-challenging mindset to where you want to succeed in life. Sure. I told you to do some push-ups yesterday. I didn't demand you, but I said, hey, Joel, let's do some push-ups. And you looked at me like I was an asshole. You went, are you out of your mind? Because we're at Goose Camp. Well, I did 150 push-ups yesterday. I'm not saying raw, raw. I'm saying, like, I am so vain and have so much vanity aesthetically that that's one of the reasons. I have a history of heart health on my dad's side. That's another reason. I have a daughter that's that's my world, and I want to be... Yeah. Not just alive when she graduates high school and gets married and has grandkids and lives her life. If I let her date, let's just make sure that everybody understands if I let her date. Right. You don't want to be active, too. You but I want to be in the swimming life. pool with her and, and racing her and, and playing volleyball with her and doing things that I can do. And, and not just now in my mid 40s. I want to do it when I'm 70. I want to do it when she has kids. Like when I see Les come over and he's 82 years old. And he gets his swim trunks on that's and he's awesome and he's jacked and he's in the pool messing around and he's in the gym pushing weight. Now, again, that's not normal. So are you asking me personally what I'm, that's like in my head? I'm asking you personally of if you know that you battle weight and you just said that it's calories in calorie out and you also prefaced all that by saying you love to eat and that you have a problem with portion control right. and caloric uh, stabilization, calorie stabilization, stabilizing your calorie intake. like. Really, we should be eating the exact same amount of calories every day. Correct. Um, to make sure our body, we should be sleeping. 100%. We should be sleeping the exact same minutes. Yes. We should not drink more than three drinks a week because you're considered a social alcoholic and it's bad for your liver. I get all that, but we're normal people. 
I don't sleep the same every night. I don't eat the same every right. day. I don't drink the same amount of drinks every day or every night or every week, whatever. But one thing that can stay consistent is the, is the development of muscle to, to combat the fat because muscle is going to burn more calories every day and right. the ability to burn calories through working out. True. But you seem like you are against physical, not like you'll go out and set, work your ass off and set up decoys. But then when we come back to camp and I'm like, hey, we're going to do a workout, you go, you're out of your mind. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to go start prepping to make food. Okay, because you love food. And but again, it, yes. wouldn't it be better in your mind? Like if I know that I'm going to go out and have an Italian dinner one night, right? And my, my trainer, Rob, says this all the time, earn it. You got to earn it. Not go, don't go have a cheat meal. You know, like right. <clears throat> there's a lot of people that are in this fitness world that do steroids, that do HGH that do TRT, testosterone replacement, that do supplementation of proteins and amino acids and um, BCAAs and, and you know, branched-chain amino acids, and they, they're doing all sorts of things to either help their muscle development, their muscle recovery, um, help them stay in the gym longer. I can look you in the face and tell you that I do not touch a supplement. I don't even drink a protein shake. Once in a while, I'll have a Mountain Ops. The Mountain Ops stuff that I use is more for my body you and my health. You get enough protein in the proteins you eat. I get enough protein, but that protein at 40, in your mid-40s, doesn't allow you to go in and look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay? These, these guys that look like that in their 50s are not natural. Okay? And I mean that. Like, they'll admit that they're not. They can't be. They also have full-time trainers, full-time nutritionists, full-time chefs that can watch every meal they make, and then they get their cheat meal. So now going back to this cheat meal deal, wouldn't your mindset be more healthy? And I'm not saying that you're not a healthy mindset, but as far as your, your calories and your weight problem, what if you said, I'm going to work out every day as hard as I can, because then I know when I go prep that food, I'm going to have a hard, easier time accepting that I'm eating it. Because what happens 100%. in the human psyche that you're talking about is when you don't have that balance of, hey, I burned a lot of calories today. I kicked ass in the gym. I was with my trainer. I was in the goose field. I went on a hike. Whatever I did, now it's easy to inter easier to internalize eating that meal we ate last night. Hundred percent. But you don't work out. Yeah, but I, I okay. We we need a, a little bit of a postlude here because I, I belong to a gym. Okay. I had I, I was working out every single day. Uh, when I like I said when I was at my when I was regular fat and I was at my fittest of my adult life. I was working out every day. I uh, was on the treadmill first or the bike first or something, you know, 20 minutes of cardio. I even did uh, high intensity interval training for a while, um, which is, I'm not sure about its efficacy versus just, you know, burning the calories. It's rough on joints and stuff too. But I was in the gym every single day and then COVID hit and the gym shut down. And these are, these are excuses. I know. They're we excuses. all make them. We all make them. So, the problem that I have, per, I mean, if you're asking me personally, because I can't answer for anybody else but me, the problem of my indulgence and desire for indulgence collides with my logic in my head. So those two things collide with each other, and uh, humans are wired like electricity that very often the path of least resistance is the one that wins out on the end. So the bottom line is yes. So what happened was um, had... Uh, uh, we had COVID hit and the gym closed. So I couldn't go to the gym anymore, which is an excuse because I could have been hiking in my backyard or 
you know, walking on the road, doing push-ups at home. You can do anything at the gym that you can do anything at home that you can do at the gym, essentially. But it, uh, and then I had a, a, a period of my life with intensity that you probably couldn't, it's difficult to explain to the average population, a statewide uh, political campaign uh, with my family. And so what the psychological uh, effect of that superseded the logic of making fitness, physical fitness, a priority. And that's what happened. So you can say, well, that's an excuse. And I admit 100% that's an excuse. 100%. So, Detrimental excuse. Pardon me? Detrimental excuse. A detrimental excuse. Well, isn't, is there any excuse that's not detrimental? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I was late to work because I, my cereal box wouldn't open. That's fine. <laughs> but now you're talking about your health. Yeah. And it's, I guess cereal plays and, a role and, in your health. And, but You know, um, when, I'll tell you, when, when, I, when I quit drinking and changed my lifestyle and went from 310 pounds down to, to 217, and I went to see the doctor five years after that. He said, uh, he said, we had like wagers in here. We thought you'd be dead within five years of that. He said, the and course, I think it's great that you got. The course I, you were going on, we thought you'd be dead. Now, so, yes, when someone looks you in the eye, you do one of two things. And, and you know, there are people, there are, there are people, many, many, many people who... Uh, say they're going to quit drinking or say they're going to get off the drugs or say they're going to get in the gym and they just never do. And that's it. I'm somewhere in the middle of that because I've done a lot of the things that I'm supposed to do and changed my life 180 from what it was. But is it to the point that it should be or good enough or as good as it could be? Of course not. I'm a human being. I mess up. So in, referencing what you do now you're a duck hunter that's what you love to do is waterfowl hunt i love it you love you like you gator hunt hunt and you do some other but you really love waterfowl hunting the most waterfowl and turkey waterfowl and spring turkey yeah spring turkey um fall turkey and spring turkey as you get older in life and you're creeping up on 60 now i am not creeping up on 60 (laughs) chad we're two years apart Three years apart. Five. Three. You're going to turn 48? Seven. 47. Four years apart. Five. Um, <laughs> okay, listen. Are you going to go Tony Robbins get, on me? No, I'm not giving any motivation at all because I'm just as guilty. Like you I think will. So? When, oh yeah. When I when I get up from this work, when I get up from this podcast, you, I, you bring dumbbells along in your trail. But when I get up, you're going to see a workout of what I call tailgate training, where I'm going to go do box jumps. I'm going to go do jump rope. I'm going to go do lunges down this dirt road. I'm going to do all the dumbbell training and the. I do a ton of push ups. Push ups are manly. Push ups are what men can do to make sure they're one burning calorie and developing muscle. Push ups cover I, I a had lot. A doctor tell me push ups cover just about everything you need. A lot. Tricep, bicep, ligaments, core, flexibility. Stomach. If you do them right. If you do them right. That's why our military is always trained in a in a push-up test, right? Um But my my question is, or I mean my comment is, is that you're getting you're not none of us are getting any younger in the 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 you just admitted that the older you get, your metabolism slows down, which can be controlled also if you eat right and you really position and discipline your diet. But the only thing that we can do if we love to eat is physical exercise is physical exercise 
And the longer you personally wait to get started, the more chances you're taking of gaining more LBs, getting physically out of shape more, to where your knees hurt, your ligaments and joints hurt, all that stuff. And then you go into the gym and say, I can't do this anymore. This is too freaking hard because I'm older. I'm more out of shape. My body doesn't adjust the same. The learning curve is a lot more now because I, I, it's kicking my ass a lot more to do this. So why wouldn't you start when the gym's open? I know that you had a political campaign, but the whole part, the whole point is, is I've been back to the gym. Right. A little bit, right? You, right, you just said that. Bit. But my point is, is that duck hunters, we don't exert a ton. And I'm not saying that all of us, I know that there's a lot of work that gets done in the duck hunt, but for the most part, you drive your boat out to the timber, you throw your decoys out, your dog runs and gets all the ducks. You get back in the boat, you drive back and eat biscuits and gravy, take a nap and wake up and have a couple beers. And then it's dinner time. And then you're around a campfire, drinking a cocktail, listening to some music. And then you wake up with a little bit of sleep and then you do it all over again. Right. Now I'm not saying that there's not physically fit duck hunters <laughs> and that there's guys out there that discipline that don't live that lifestyle, but I'm pretty disciplined in the off season. And once it comes duck season, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go to Arkansas and not eat Mr. Billy's biscuits and gravy and his fried bologna, and his smothered deer steak. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to partake. But I want to have that mindset of like, I earned this. I worked my ass off in the off season to try to be in the best shape of my life because my, my life constitutes celebration and socializing and meals and partying and all of the stuff that goes with it, just like yours does. Political functions, red carpet events, hunts, hunt camps, South Africa, you're going to Spain, you're going to eat in Spain, you're going to, you're going to indulge in Spain, you go to alligator camp, you indulge down there. So our mindset as duck hunters is almost like, why is it okay for us to think we can be out of shape as duck hunters? Because a lot of us are. There's a lot of big dudes that just don't give a shit about physical fitness that are in the waterfowl world. It's probably not our, you say, why is it all right? It's probably not all right. It's probably not all right, but it's, I, like I said, <clears throat> there's no excuse for it. I think people who duck hunt and waterfowl hunt a lot of times think, at least I'm doing something. Well, okay, so in that mindset, would you work out with me today? I will do some physical activity with you today. But why would you not work out with me today? And I'm not saying because... You might have your own reasons, but is it because you're so far gone you don't want to start no, now? Heavens, no. That's then what is it? it? Then why would you think? I don't think I'm that far gone. I spent a okay, large the, portion of my adult life. I'm asking at you 310 pounds. I'm, I'm asking not, to take you on I'm a workout close. today. I'm within. I'm within sight of being right back to where I'm at my peak physical fitness. Okay, so that that includes your strength too and your ability. Yeah, to do my push. strength is good. Okay, so will you let me take you on a workout today? I will do physical activity with you today. Meaning, I'm not going to call it a workout because I don't know. You, Chad, you are an intense person. Has anyone ever told you that? Nobody. Nobody's ever said. You, your, intensity, <clears throat> your intensity is at levels that I've never seen. Before. Brian Kelvin did at Federal Ammunition tells me the last t- decade to pump the brakes, building. Just pump the brakes. Shout uh, you, out to Brian you Kelvin. Have a lot in com- you have a lot in common with my wife. I know. Your intensity uh, and drive sometimes uh, uh, supersede normalcy. 
And and that's that's a characteristic of very many successful people. That is not a bad thing. And I have that intensity when it comes to getting what I want or finding a way to get what I believe is good or want to do you know, goals that I have or ambitions that I have. I have it in that. Regard. But that intensity also. So if I say I'm going to work out with you today, I literally get fearful. I would never be that guy, though, that would take you on and try to prove something. To you. I'm talking about just getting out and doing some movements that I know that would be beneficial to both of us. Because I it, it, through that intensity that you describe of my psyche or my mindset, <laughs> I also am very intense in my work. And my fun and my fun and all that. So no, it's the work hard, play hard. I know, but I could easily make excuses not to, to, to do the workout part. And a lot of times I do, but if you're caught up on it, you can get away with more. But my mindset is this, this is where I was going with this. My mindset is, I think I've talked to Jack about this on the road too, but I talked to my trainer and I talked to Anna all the time about this. I do not feel good com- emotionally or physically for sure, emotionally <clears throat> for sure, a hundred percent. And my brain, the way that I, the way that I internalize things, if I don't work out, I feel like a piece of, you know what? Yeah. And that is the mindset that drives me to say, I'm not going to be that guy that hasn't worked out since high school. I'm not going to be that guy that doesn't go to the gym or to a trainer or get some kind of working out every single day of our life because I feel like we owe it to ourselves. Well, that's physiological. Yeah, my psyche. The endorphins that come with working out, the brain chemicals that come with working out are all very healthy, very healthy. I mean, there are people who who have anxiety or mild depression who can get completely past it with just having so, a regular workout. So you can regimen. get you can get past most days since COVID with mentally I'm talking. Not even emotionally. Because emotionally I look at myself or I feel bad. I just don't feel like I completed something that day if I don't work out. But mentally you're telling me, Joel, personally, you can get by the la- since COVID started. And I'm gonna say you've probably worked out ten percent of the day since COVID started, even on your comeback in the gym. Maybe 10% of these, you can get by mentally with knowing that you haven't worked out, but maybe 10% of the days since 2020. And now we're going into 2023 and COVID started in March 17th of 2020. Well, sure. And everybody can get by because we, we our brains allow us to create reasons and ways. to. But get I'm talking by. about mentally. It doesn't, it doesn't sit in your mind. Like, holy shit. I well, got, of course it does. It does. Of course it does. Not of course it does, because you don't act like it. You don't. You're always in a good mood. I'm asking these questions because I don't see. I'm it in always you. in a good mood because, because you're around me. I'm a people pleaser. Number one and number two, being in a bad mood, being a pessimist in life does not get you anywhere. Nowhere. Period. No, it closes every door. So there is. I'm always. I am always the guy in the room, even when someone's in a really crappy mood. I'm the guy in the room saying, "Hey, it's all right. Let me make some food and make everybody happy." I'm always in a. In a good food movie. is happiness, <clears throat> and I'm always in. I, I'm always the guy who's saying, "Yeah, you know, it's all right to do this this way, or it's all right if you're having a rough day, or it's all right." Look at look at the positive. That guy, oh, yeah, we we didn't shoot bands, but we shot birds, or oh, we didn't shoot birds, but we laughed. Uh, I mean that. So yes, circling back to your question, yes, I'm always all right get getting through, and I'm I'm not a uh, I'm an optimistic person and a happy person, very much in general. 
would that psyche be better with a regular workout routine? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. So what happens, and, and you hit on it a little bit, but what happens is you, you build a wall of, of a guilt factor and you climb the wall of that guilt every day. Everybody has positives in their lives and things they'd like to improve. Everybody. That thing you like to improve about your life or in your life is, is a, a sack. It's like a sack of shit you drag around with you. And that sack of things you'd like to improve gets heavier or lighter, depend on how much of that sack you take out and deal with. My wife, Becky, calls it eating the frog. When you eat the frog first thing, then the rest of your day, you can go through without, without thinking about the fact that you still got to eat the frog. And that's what working out is to me. Working out is that frog. It's not enjoyable. I, some people get enjoyment out of it. I have never gotten enjoyment. Even out with of like out. weight training? Never in my life have I gotten enjoyment like out of working out. Never. Cardio, I do it. I do it. I can't stand it. I do it. I can't stand it. So I've never had that enjoyment factor, but it's, that's the frog. That's the frog. And, and what you're saying is if you eat that frog, the rest of your day, you get to know you don't have to eat the frog anymore because you did. You already ate the frog. So, yes, I mean, what you're saying is completely makes sense. The problem is you're adding into it uh, the qualities of being a human being, which allow us, ex you know, excuses or reasons not to. And every time you make an excuse about something that you should be doing, it ad gets added to the sack that you're dragging around with you all day. Agreed. I just wanted to have a conversation about Food and the physical fitness in the waterfowl world because it's, it's a, a great conversation to have. It's a grind. And we as waterfowl hunters always get looked at as the guys or girls that don't need to be in shape to do what we do. But to thoroughly enjoy a waterfowl season, to thir good night, is it coming down in New York right Boring. now? To thoroughly enjoy waterfowl hunting in a waterfowl season i feel that health is the only reason only way to do it only yeah, way i mean do. look we drink coffee we drink energy drinks we chew copenhagen a lot of duck hunters and hunters <clears throat> chew tobacco they smoke darts they smoke cigars at night like there's a lot of unhealthiness and then on top of that you got the the worst gas station casey's pizza breakfast pizza at snow goose season i was with jack daniels i bet you i ate two slices of casey's breakfast pizza seven days in a row so good actually but casey's it's terrible for you good but my mindset is but i mean not my mindset the problem is that's what we do yeah we go and we meet our friends and instead of uh, instead of meal prepping okay we call it prepping which a lot of people do and it works we go into that gas station we go oh i'll burn it off no, if you went in there and you got like a protein bar or you went in there and got an apple and you went in there and got like a, a black coffee, then you could start saying, all right, this is a good diet. But all of us in our, in our weakest, in our weakest uh, phase, we go in there and we take that pizza because like what you're saying, we tell ourselves it's okay because I'm not going to do this in the off season, but then the off season rolls around and you get invited on so much stuff and it never stops. So we have to admit that, look, it's going to, it's got to be up to us to say, we got to get in the gym. We got to be more physically fit. We have to take care of our bodies because taking care of your body is going to help your mind a lot more. And we're going to be able to be better duck and goose hunters for the long term. 
it it's no coincidence in it's no coincidence in wisconsin 600,000 plus the orange army goes out during deer season and every year somebody has a heart attack walking to and from their deer stand because it's the first exertion of physical uh, energy that they've done outside of daily life the entire year and that's essentially what it boils down to and for some people it's life and death what you're talking about because 100%. that first time they walk to the deer stand or or God forbid they shoot a doe and have to drag it back and have a heart attack and die. It happens every year. I just had a story from my good friend, Fred Zink, that he told me that a buddy of ours that we hunted with in Ontario, 47 years old, went to sleep and never woke up from a widowmaker. Now, look, is that genetics? Is that from a lot of it is. Is that from being overweight? Is that. But here's the deal. In today's in today's in today's world, in today's world of medical advancements, you can go be preventative even with heart attacks. Widowmakers. Uh, plaque buildup, arteries, everything that goes into it. Don't you think that you can be preventative? And I'm not saying that we all do it. So is that a part of it too, to where we need to be more forthcoming and more and schedule out these, uh, these treatments and these, these procedures. If we are going to live this lifestyle, if we are going to smoke darts, if we are going to chew Copenhagen, if we are going to eat shitty food, if we're going to drink Jack Daniels and Bush light around a campfire, if we're going to wake up at 4 a.m., and go to bed at midnight. I mean, we thrash our bodies yes, so being what, hunters. What I'm going to tell you, and you already know this, which is the point of this podcast or the point of this session here, um, is, is it coincidental that I'm sitting on a couch and you're like a psychologist over there right now, bent over, taking notes? I don't think I am. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 no, I, have the, point I have is, these conversations. These are tough conversations to have. These are conversations that are very important. But they're tough conversations to have. Why is it okay to be fat? Don't want to Just hear tell it. me why is it okay to? Why is it okay for us to have bellies to where when we we can't even tie our shoes and you watch people get out of a car and they gotta they gotta like make maneuvers they gotta maneuver and forecast what their next step is to put their hand up here. We at, in our mid forties and fifties and sixties should be able to jump rope and jump boxes and get out of cars and get up in, in a bed of a truck and, and, and do everything. No freaking problem. But we find it in ourselves that it's okay to not take care of our temple. Cause it's hard. It's not hard. It it's not, hard. it's way harder to spend six hours in front of that oven. Like you did last night than it is to go to the gym for one hour. You got a pre-plan. You have to be unorthodox. You got to think outside of the box. You got to go to the store. You got to have all these ingredients. You got to understand heating levels. You got to have all this gear and equipment. Then you got to watch the food. Then you got to make sure that you take it off at the right temperatures. Then you got to freaking reverse sear it. Then you got to slice it. Then you got to warm up the rice. Then you got to make the sauce. That's hard. <laughs> then after all that's said and done, you got to sweep the floor. You got to load the dishwasher. You got to soak the dishes. You got to scrub them. You got to scrub your cast iron. You got to oil it. You got to put them all away. And then you got to go, oh my gosh, I got to do all that shit again today because I'm the cook. I'm the camp cook. That's hard. That's hard. If you find out the answer though, if you find out the answer to the question you're asking, you will become world renowned in that topic. Everybody knows the answer. that's the topic. Is you, you, what you're saying is, how do you overcome the evils of human nature to do what's right? That's what you're saying. I don't know if they're evils. Well, sure. Okay. The down, the downsides, the negative effects of human nature. Human nature 
tells us to enjoy, indulge, and working out is hard. Working out, it, it, it takes that, you know, it's like um, friction. Once a body in motion tends to stay in motion, but the hardest thing is getting it in motion. So taking that first step is the hard step. That is, I mean, when you talk about it, you're having a discussion that a lot of people just aren't, they don't want to hear it because they are fine with life as it's going. And oftentimes we don't take seriously enough the dramatic life effects that something like daily exercise has, the positive life effects it has. So it's easier, maybe easier is the better way to describe it. It's easier not to do it. That's and horseshit. that's the bottom line. That's horseshit. Uh, it, it is. It is. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but it is. And that's. Isn't it a bitch that you could be the guy that works out and does all the stuff and then you could just have a massive heart attack and be done anyway? Yeah, that and, does suck. And, 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 you know, the life expectancy and the average is getting up there. It's getting better. I want to have, I don't care about living into my nineties if I don't have my mental stability. I want to be able to be rocking it like John LaMonico if I'm up there. But the physical part of it, the proof is in the it's pudding. It's very, in, in large part, up to us. It's up to us. And the, pro and the proof is in the pudding that if you take care of your body I like as much as you can, I know you like pudding, as much as you can, your chances and odds of living a longer, more healthy life are, are, are increased. So No doubt. So what we do is we discipline ourselves because the, it's easy for you to go cook all this stuff. And it's easy for you to get up and clean it and make coffee. But you're, it's hard for you to get your body in a state of motion to enjoy that for the next 30 years. Correct. Instead of being 60 and be, being barely able to walk or crippled up or whatever it's going to be. Because Correct. the more you abuse your body, you're going to, I'm not talking about you personally, I'm talking about all of us. We're going to slow down faster. No doubt. To where I've seen people in their, in their early 60s and I'm like, whoa. I'm going to tell you something. In my mid-30s, I could not do what I'm doing today. I couldn't haul gear to the middle of a field, set it up, haul it back. In my mid-30s, I couldn't do that because I was super fat. And that's not okay. No, it's and not. You got, it and you okay. got rid of that. But you've made comments in the last 48 hours about your fat and about your physical fitness and your physical being. I'm a self-deprecating guy. I mean, a self-deprecating guy, but you're also a self-indulging guy. I also say, yeah, I'm, I got a face for radio and I know that's not true. I'm yeah, a very handsome That's kind of true. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a good looking guy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you got Rebecca, which that's a, right. that's, that's a mystery right I'm there. I'm funny. Funny. But Pretty. all I'm saying is that I wanted to have the conversation. I guess that's not all I'm saying. I say a lot, but I wanted to have the conversation because it's a good conversation. We as duck hunters, this is a foul life podcast because we overindulge in a lot of areas. And if you say that you only do it during duck season and it stops after, I don't think it does. I love having wild game cookouts during, during the spring. And then you go into Turkey camp, then you got snow goose, then you go into Turkey camp. And then it's summertime and you're like, oh, I don't look very good for the bathing suit. So then you just, by that time, you're just like, screw it. I mean, I don't, I don't feel beach ready, so I'm just going to stay this way. And then you just fight it throughout the entire summer, eating your stuff, keeping your shirt on, not enjoying true. the beach and the boat like we're supposed to as men and taking in that sunshine and those endorphins and all of that vitamin D and everything that we're supposed to be getting in life. And we just 
look forward to the fall you're again. Either always in life, your physical fitness wise, you are either in an upward spiral or a downward spiral. It's not true. I don't think so at all. I think you can. You I think th- you're you you can ride that maintenance. I think you can ride that maintenance for but sure. But see, then you're in the upward spiral. Then you're going to the you're getting better and better and better constantly. Improving. No, right now I'm not getting better and better because <coughs> I've been on the road in a truck seat or on a plane or in a duck blind or in a food ta- a food ketosis of sitting at a table and eating a, more and trying stuff and then going, all right, I'm going to make some good decisions. I'm just going to have salad last night instead of any starch. I'm going to I'm going to have a bowl at the burrito place instead of getting a big tortilla that's got 50 grams of carbohydrates that break down in sugar. Um so we got to we got to figure out like are we going to be able to discipline ourselves in any way to get to the point of in shape, healthy, body and mindset hell uh just being able to be physically fit which we get one chance with the temple and people that have abused themselves or not ever worked out or getting into it i do agree it's hard to get going but but the mindset should be life is hard without it yeah look nobody's nobody's better at self-punishment than me i grew up a, a little italian catholic kid i mean and i have catholic guilt overwhelming amounts of catholic guilt my whole life i mean i believe me nobody can punish myself as well as i can about it and yes you're right but it's the old adage you know do as i say not as i do and of course it makes sense it's logical it makes complete sense and if you want to live a even mediocrely healthy life you have to have physical activity as a regular part of it you have to Okay, so will you, you think personally, today, <laughs> go out and get some of this physical activity and, and oh move your body, put your body in motion? My kids. Will you do a set of lunges up and down this entire road with me holding dumbbells? My kids. Farmers carry lunges. I'm asking you. Will you do a set of stabilized? I told you I will do some form of physical activity with you today. I know, but that could be slicing bread. No, I'm not talking about slicing bread. My kids sing the song Womanizer by Britney Spears, except they put the word pressurizer in. And they sing that to me because they call me the pressurizer. Chad is the pressurizer. right now. Jack, Chad's pressurizing me. Jack, come here. Jack, Chad's get on the, guilting Jack, me Jack, get right on the now. microphone. Chad's my little Italian mom right now. He's pressurizing me. I don't think so at all because I haven't done anything today yet. So I still have to get up. I still have to. Jack got up and rolled his body out because his back hurt because he's been in a state of sitting down and riding in trucks and sitting in duck blinds and bending over and picking up camera gear and pelican cases. So he got up and did yeah, some physical. Jack is literally the physical. No, he's not. I'm pretty skinny he is he's skin and bone so he could put muscle on he's got to go the other way of being getting calf muscles and leg muscles and being physically fit to be able to be able to bend over and and pick up all those pelican cases without getting injured physical fitness is a lot to prevent preventative on injury too of having good muscle development and core and balance and stepping into a rut in that field we were in yesterday hold on 
you, you step into a rut and you twist your ankle. That's because you can't get your body shifted quick enough because you haven't been working out weight on your ankle. So you, so now you got injury and now you got to come home and put ice bags on your, on your ankle. And then you miss the next day's hunt. I'll tell you what, I will do push-ups with you today. That's part of it. That's going to be part of what we do. But Jack, back on, on Jack, Jack. Yes. You have a mindset of when I get your daily list, it always says side planks, planks, calf raises, push-ups. You're always trying to do stuff to keep, to, to remind your body that you have control over it. Right. And it's development. Like you're not going to let your body forget like, oh yeah, I'm going to put you in the state of getting your ass kicked because your body will kick your ass. If you allow it, it'll say, nope, just sleep in. Nope. Have that cheesecake. Nope. Put cream in that coffee. Nope. Have another beer tonight because you're having a great time with your buddies. Calories, 150 calories in that beer goes in. You don't piss those calories out. That's just water leaving your body and toxins. So now you go to bed. You have, a, you have a mindset, right, Jack, that during the day, you're going to keep reminding your body that you're in charge and that yeah. you're going to put it through some stress, right? Yeah, you got to. And especially just like the career that I do, it's either you're holding the camera, you're, you could be sitting down at a desk or, you know, road life, sitting in a truck, picking up all the cases. So I just try and make sure that I'm just, my body's not going to get out of hand, especially my back. See, since I am a little bit of a thinner guy or a lot bit of a thin a lot bit of a thinner guy i just try to make sure i'm staying on top of it do you do you ever worry about your food intake being the way you're built like like i know that you could probably eat 10 pieces of cheesecake and 10 taco bell soft tacos right now and you're not going to gain any weight because you are in your mid-20s you have Mm -hmm. your metabolism you're younger still you're 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 physically built small but there's no doubt that the innards, the insides of you, do you ever worry about like what a bad diet does to you internally, maybe not externally and aesthetically? Yeah. And the one thing I do worry about is uh, the spicy food. I think we were talking about this yesterday is I know spicy food ain't too good for you, but I kind of, you eat a lot of, I eat a lot of it. And I do worry. I mean, I feel like on the road we do eat healthier and I feel like ever since I did move out, to reno maybe have been eating a little bit healthier we because we eat low starches fast food as much i mean i ate a little bit of fast food at home but we eat a lot much. of wild game yeah and i do i do think about like what i'm eating i know that i can just eat whatever and not gain weight but i'm trying to make sure i'm not eating like crap so and, and that and that's coming from a guy that probably can afford to take in a lot more cat like you if you went to a trainer and you said i want to put muscle on your caloric intake is going to go way up. You're going to bulk up and then you're going to go through this cutting stage and, and getting that muscle, you know, you're going to get a lot of muscle on you, but that's going to take you getting a little fat on you too, because right. you're going to be eating a lot more calories and working out a lot more. If you were going to do that, I'm not saying you need to do that, but everybody, ev- no matter what your body looks like, people battle caloric intake and the, 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 the desire, what's the word, uh, not addiction. What was the word you used? I'm sorry. Indulging. indulging we all battle indulging like you do want to go back and have another wrap you didn't want to eat both those wraps yesterday but the first one tasted so good you ate three quarters of the second one and then you're like i better slow down and put this away for later it's we're all we all have that mindset of overindulging portion control is key in weight loss and it's in key it's key in weight gain too of being able to up your portions your proteins and all of that stuff so i'm just i was just wanting to get a different view of jack of like he is 
steel cognitive of his body because if he didn't work out and have good core strength, he's going to develop lower lumbar problems with an L3 or an L5 slip disc. You're going to get your, your, sci- your sciatic nerve in your ass cheeks is going to start shooting pains down your legs because you're not active, you're not stretching, you're not rolling out your IT bands. And he's, and he's got that camera on one side. He's always put. So if you're not active and taking care of your body, you are going to regret it in one way or the other. You might not get a pot belly, right. but you might have a herniated disc. And that sucks. And I don't want that. And you don't want that because it cuts in on everything. That's what I'm scared about. And that cuts in on everything. Yeah. And that's why as in in this line of work or any line of work, we have to go the extra mile. Well, I'm a construction worker. I burn tons of calories all day. All right. Well, we still have to freaking do core. We have to do rolling out. We have to make sure that we have maintenance on our body or we're going to be at the physical therapist for a bunch of the time. I don't know. That's just, I'm looking at it like, how can we be in the field hunting mallards like John LaMonico at 93. And when you talk to John and Les, if you talk to Les, Les had a heart attack in his 65. He's 82 now, and he'll keep up with anybody I've ever seen in the gym. John, I asked John, I said, what, how do you do this? He says, Chad, I'm active. He says, I hike every day. I fill my backpack up with weights, and I go, and I get my camel back on there, and I make sure I stay. Hydration's another big part of staying in shape and feeling great. We never drink enough water. We think we do, but we don't. So lesson, I, I look at Les and John, and I'm like, how can we be, John just got back from 29 days in Argentina with his wife. He's 92 freaking years old. <laughs> how can, and I know that's a, probably a, an anonym, anomaly, yeah. but how can we get there? How can we use that as influence and inspiration? And I asked these guys, they said, man, I stayed up on my vitamins. I stayed up on my doctor visits. I stayed up on making sure that my blood was right. I get my blood test done every year and I was preventative. And then I worked out. They both work out like crazy. John would send me pictures after COVID because he almost died. John sent me text, say, Chad, I almost bought the farm. He would send me videos of him doing curls with his, with action open 20 gauges. He would take his, his, <laughs> M- he, hey, he would take his M220 gauges and he'd be in his game room doing curls because he was so happy to be holding the gun because he That's thought he was funny. buying the farm, but he's in there doing squats and lunges at 92 years old so all all i'm saying is that we can sit here and go oh yeah we don't have to be in shape i just got to throw the decoys out it's bullshit you can't have a belly i I guess my question that i was posing to joel is how can we get a big belly you can answer too and not be able to tie our shoes and not be able to feel good about the way that we get up off the ground have you ever watched somebody that's not in shape get up off the ground or bend over and get a dish from the lower cabinet and you're just like, holy shit. They literally are like putting their hand down and then they got to lift their leg up and put it on the ground. And then they got to put their, knee, their hands on their knee and push up off it. This is bullshit. And in your 50s, you have to do that. You should be able to jump up like a freaking badass, like a ninja. And that's what I'm saying is that it's not easy to be able to do that. He's laughing because I said ninja, <laughs> but that's true. You should be able to be like Bruce Lee in your 50s and 60s. That should be our goal. And 70s, because 70 is young now. Mick Jagger's 80, and he's rocking crowds of 100,000. Jeez, man. Maybe. But people in their 70s now are rocking it in life. It's like with our, with our medicine and our medical advancements now, there's no excuse not to be very active into your 70s. I had a, a podcast with Ricky Bowen, the president and CEO of Resist All Hats. He says, I'm going to be team rope in my 70s. He says, I feel freaking better than ever. He's 62 or 63, winning buckles. On a horse, just 
And he says he's working out, he's staying in shape, and he's kicking ass. He was a bull rider in the PRCA. His body was beat to shit. He had to rehabilitate it, shoulders and rotator cuffs and labrum tears and all that. He's still active, and he says, I'm going to be team roping into my 70s. I don't know. Like, we owe it to ourselves. to We get one freaking chance at this. And I'll be goddamned if I'm going to freaking be out of shape and not enjoy it to the freaking fullest. That should be the mindset. It's an opinion, but it's a fact. fact. (laughs) It's an opinion, but it's a fact. I think it is, right? Well, of course it is. You're not going to get somebody who logically listens to this podcast and disagrees. But they also are going to say, oh, he's on a soapbox and he's this and, 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 and it's bullshit. We can do whatever we want. I'm simply saying that we all all struggle with this all struggle with this 100 it's the biggest struggle in my life the single biggest struggle in my life and the only thing that can help you with that struggle is to eat the frog besides genetics besides genetics i get that part of it you can't you can't mess with you can but now with medicine i've been told i'm on i'm on a, a cholesterol medicine because i have a genetic predisposition predisposition of cholesterol sure and i have that bug and not everybody gets it in the gene line one of my brothers doesn't have it but they put me on medicine to control that and as long as me doesn't as long as i don't forget to take that medicine and abuse it like i don't need it i'm just whatever i'll miss 10 days no i take that shit and when i miss a day i'm like oh my gosh yeah and i worry so then i get back on it but stress and worry and anxiety are a a, a heart attack killer stress too. and worry and anxiety are <coughs> pro- probably these that's what has had the biggest effect on my physical fitness in my life smoking no is question. the number one cause of heart disease in america and heart attacks stress is right there behind it smoking's number one really over yep. stress over that stress surprises me stress it kills tears, it kills more people. stress tears your body up so does smoking and heart attack and your because people think it only affects your lungs it's messing with your blood and your arteries and your heart too. Of course. So yes, the only thing that we can control is going and, and working out and developing a mindset that we're not going to accept the alternative. Because we are going to go in that kitchen today and throw down on some meals that are going to be high in calorie. They're going to be unbelievable in flavor. <clears throat> and I want to be guilt-free when I freaking eat some of it and not take the chance of letting it get me out of shape. Does that make sense? Sure. Of course it makes sense. That, that You're dealing with human beings. Making sense is such a small part of the equation. Making sense is like easy to do, but then yes. people don't take that and take it it's to the next It's easy level. to understand. It's hard to do. That's where we're, that's where we're, why we're having this conversation because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. What should be hard to do is freaking go to bed at midnight and wake up. We went to bed at midnight the night before last and we woke up at 4am yesterday. Yeah. And then we went to bed at midnight last night after exerting our bodies in the morning and setting up decoys and shooting and, and picking up those heavy geese and taking all the things we did, then picking up all the decoys and cooking. And yeah, I mean. We did it all. That should be hard to do. A one-hour workout in there should have been freaking no. If that should be the easy part, but it's not. 
No, but it should. And be. you know what? It like you were saying how hard you know prepping and cooking and cleaning all the stuff. But there's also it's funny because there's an enjoyment that goes with that that doesn't exist with working out. For me, some people love to work out. I wish I gosh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that magic that some people talk about when they go to the gym. What do you mean? Like the way it makes you feel when you're in there? Like it's torture. Some people love work. The act of working out. They love it. Some people I say, think, Oh, I love working out. Oh, it's so great. Man. Working on the treadmill. I love getting, I love getting on an arm bike and freaking trying to sprint five miles and make every mile two minutes. Like that's a goal of mine. Right. And I, and I hit that goal in every single workout. 2.04. I like getting on a Versa climber and trying to cover as many linear linear feet I can in five minutes of going 20 on, 20 mid, 20 soft. Because if I, I'm not a wrestler, dude. I can't go five minutes. I'm not Jordan Burroughs or Kyle Dake or David Taylor where I can go five minutes hard like these UFC fighters do. But I want to challenge myself. But you put me on a, a, a sidewalk and say, run a half marathon or a 5K, I'll be like, you're out of your mind. I'm getting in my car. But these runners love that shit. It's they their love it. And then they die of heart attacks because they're that that's stressful on your joints. It's stressful on your heart. It's stressful on your entire system to run that many miles. These ultra marathoners that that run 100 miles at a time. It's insane. That's not healthy at no matter what. But again, they do it. No, but, but that's their indulgence. They have to watch that. They have to that's be careful. That's their indulgence. Right. Our indulgence is, is hunting and eating. That's their indulgence. 100%. I mean, you can do anything. You can do anything too much. 100%. I guess it comes down to you got to want it and you have to be, I think that you start to get a little bit mature. I wish in my twenties, I would have been like, man, I'm just going to start doing all this stuff now and make it habit because we form, it's all about habits and how we form bad and good habits. All about habits. It's all about routines. And as routines and habits get out of whack during COVID and you say, oh man, it's 10 AM. A lot of people told me they drank more than ever during COVID. They were working from home. There was cold beer in the cooler. They'd get down in the morning. They're drinking by noon. Alcohol consumption was up huge uh, in, in private residences through COVID because everybody was staying home. The, bars the entire were closed. country's health took a massive dump during. We COVID. were compromised in more ways than in more ways than what we were able the to control. The physical too. effects on humanity during COVID far superseded the actual virus. One hundred percent, mentally, emotionally, no and physically. question. Suicide, everything. I mean, it's everything. I mean, we did more damage to ourselves physically and mentally during COVID than the virus ever did. So let's talk about this mentally part, mental part of our conversation. When you, when you get a big belly and you have the love handles and you have the belt size and the waist size going up and you have the saggy titties. And you have the fat thighs and that gross feeling that you get when you, we've all been there. Cankles, no definition. Take the, your shirt off and you look in the mirror after the shower and you literally want to throw up. Okay. Is it possible to be happy in that state of unphysical fitness? Or is it physical unfitness? I don't know the word. Just fat out of shape, sweating, panting, breathing heavy, heart rate up, just getting up off the couch, um, hamstrings hurt, knees hurt, ACLs are tearing, ankles hurt, blood flow sucks. Do you think a human being 
with the most optimistic, positive attitude can be happy. When they see that or feel that, when they feel that belt or that belly or that struggle, do you think you can be happy fat? They say fat and happy. That's a saying in our society. I think the general, in general, you can if you're capable of boxing that and putting it on a shelf. That's not happiness. That's what I'm saying is, do you think you can be, sit there and go, oh man, I feel great. I look great. I'm, I'm, no, we battle with it. We're like, I can't stand this anymore. Right. There's, I, I ask people, I ask my trainer all the time, can you get fat where you struggle to tie your shoes? Like you got to like strategize of where to get your feet and where you're going to put your socks on. I've seen people that can't put socks on. I'm not going to name any names, but I've watched it in camp where you're getting dressed around people and they got to figure out different maneuvers to get a sock on socks should be like boom, 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 bam done right they make there's an infomercial they make things to buy on tv to help you put your socks and shoes on i've never seen that one um so do you think that it's realistic that you can be happy when you see somebody like that all i can tell you is when i was super fat it was very difficult to box that and set it aside and be happy. Okay, what about being normal fat? Regular fat? Regular fat. I'm pretty happy, but I would be happier fit because the the more fit, the physical fitness level that I have, in some ways, I give I, I give myself undue credit and say, well, you were way fatter before. So in some ways, I use that as a justification. Um, But it is something that nags at me every single day. Now let's get real personal. Do you feel that you owe it to your mate to be the best version of yourself physically? My kids. No, I'm talking about sexually now. Your mate. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm talking about your mate. I'm not talking about your marriage. I'm talking about us as a society. When you have a relationship, do we owe it to our mate to be the sexiest version, hottest, badass um, version of ourselves to where when you take off your clothes, you're like, oh, wow, this is good. Or, or I'm being for real. I know you are. That's why I'm laughing. Or you actually is are. it okay? Or do you think that it takes this, this whole deal that you're talking about, your psyche of how you were when you were super fat? And regular fat and all the stuff, which we should talk about the Super Size Me video from back in the day, um, the documentary on McDonald's, um, and what his body went through eating Super Size Meals only when they asked him, but he ate McDonald's three meals a day for 30 days, and he was almost dead. But we're like, well, we don't do that. Well, yeah, we do. We eat it like 150 times a year. <laughs> so, right. just at different times. <clears throat> um, yes, I mean, I think, I think Minnesota, it's... I think Minneapolis was like one of the fattest cities and the highest fast food rate or whatever. But now... Do Back we to owe question. it to our mate? No, no. Do you, do you, do we owe it to our mate? Or when you take your clothes off and you don't feel good by the way you look in the mirror, surely your mate's going, I don't want that freaking thing anywhere near me or on top of me. That's going through your head, both female and male. So do you think it takes its detriment on a relationship when you start to lose that physical attraction and that desire to be around each other, uh, sexually or romantically like that? I'm not saying that. You're not going to be, I love, I love you still, honey, but I don't want you anywhere near me because. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's biblical that you work to be 
the best spouse you can be, it's biblical. And so, yes, to be the best spouse you can be means that you, and it's also biblical to treat your body like a temple. So if you look at those two things alone, uh, the answer is yes. You do owe it to everyone around you uh, to be, to do whatever, to do really whatever you can to be at your peak physical fitness. You can't control genetics, but you can control your physical fitness. Okay. So your answer is, yes, we are going to take a chance of destroying our relationship and our love, not love, but our desire to make love, our desire to make love into our 60s and 70s (laughs) by getting that out of shape. There's never a line with Chad. He'll march right over it. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know I mean, what that yeah. means. What, what, of course, there is, of course. I mean, the bottom line is, yes, everybody should always be doing the best they can to be the best example of a spouse physically, mentally, emotionally. Yes, it's a triumvirate. Triumvirate, but you're, it's okay it's, well, no, it, we already covered that it's not okay. No, but I'm saying, is it okay? Is it? I'm not saying that you can't get out of shape and then get back into shape. But the further you get out of shape... The harder it is to get in shape. In, in every way. Correct. Even getting started. 100%. And then every day that passes, you're a day older, which makes it harder. Harder. And your metabolism goes down. And then your chances of getting some in the sack go down because you're freaking not looking good. So it it it, ta- <laughs> it takes its it's the truth. It takes its toll on every aspect of life. No question. And all it took was freaking a sixty minute workout a day, and we all went, "Ain't got time for that." I don't think people don't think they have time. Oh bullshit! They it's time so e- is about priorities. Period. Okay, then let's 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 not podcast after this, and let's go do a sixty minute workout. And I want to do burpees. I want to do I want to do everything. But you know what? We're going to go, you know what? We're together. We have the ability to, to get another podcast laid down. Then we're going to film a recipe. Then we're going to go scout geese. And then at the end of the day, we're going to be drinking a beer with our buddies around a tailgate. And then we're going to be like, well, didn't work out. Well, I'll do it I'm tomorrow. Tired. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, you're like, we got a podcast again. Got a great topic. You're, you're describing exactly what happens in every person's who's susceptible to humanity's brain. Yeah. And it takes the, every person could find that. It's about, really about disruption and it's discipline and disruption. And Are you able to start the wheels of disruption in your, in your life uh, to do something that you may not really want to do, may not be fun, but ultimately is going to help your quality of life? 100%. And we make excuses nonstop. And they're like assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. That's the truth about life right there. Maybe not all of them stink. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you from personal experience. I couldn't either. That was a, something that you can't really just say. At some point, they all do. I would imagine. At some point, they all do. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a pretty good observation. <laughs> At one point, and probably every day, they all do. At some point, just about every day. <laughs> all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, 
we all struggle with this and we all make excuses. <laughs> I just think that we just need to do something, break that barrier and get it done. Cause there's no way life is fun fat. And we, and we, and we commercialize it like it is like, it's okay. It's acceptable because as a nation, we're obese as a duck hunting community. We're pretty out of shape compared to the deer hunting community. If I had to guess, no, you don't think so? No, I don't. What about Western hunters? Yeah, I mean, what what kind of deer hunting are you talking? I mean, are you talking about the guy who hunts the nine day deer se- gone deer season and walks to his blind, and that's the only hunting he does all year? I mean, he's not. If I had to guess, that average person's not overwhelmingly fit compared to the guy who's going hunting doll sheep. Um. That's, you know, 8,000, 10,000 feet. But it'd be cool to be able to get in shape to be able to scale a mountain like that. Sure would. And go to 11,000 feet and be able to say my quads were ripped. Yeah. And I, mounted, I mountain hunted for, for rams when I was in phase two. I mean, of the, you know, the best shape of my adult life. And that was, man, that You was said that goat hunt in Hawaii kicked your ass. Yeah, it was tough. That's what I'm talking about. That was tough. That was probably the toughest physical exertion I've ever had as an adult. And you got it done. Yeah. It's tough. So I'm, what's the conclusion to this? We work out every day. We make it our goal to look, have our mate look at us naked and go, oh my God, you're freaking amazing. <laughs> what is the goal? What is, our, what is the conclusion to all this? Well, the, the conclusion is that you have to, you have to be able to disrupt uh, ease. You yeah. have to be able to be a disruptor in the regular flow of electricity. You have to, to be able to stand up, put your shoes on, and, and do something physical that is purposely physical for your own betterment. That's the... I like that. I like the way you said that. I like the way that you said disrupting that, that electricity of, like, you got to be the mindset that, hey, everybody can go down that road and get as out of shape as you can, but it's the people that disrupt that and want to make changes. The first step's always the hardest in everything. The cold call to ask, you know, for a sponsor, the, to convince somebody that you should have some new job opportunity. That's always the hardest thing. The first step's always the hardest. So are we going to work out for 60 minutes today? I told you I will do physical activity. The reality of it is you frighten me. Why? Because I think that you you'll have a propensity to go too hard too fast right off the bat i would never do that to you <laughs> i'm just saying that there's a way to go out and do some things that make to get to get the thing started for both of us i need to do it too i haven't worked out con, uh, consistently in 10 days with the travel the texas the nashville i worked out twice in the nashville hotel i was so proud of myself of getting up and going down there when i had a ton of work to do and i had bars and music right there by me went and did it and then i felt so good going and having a cold beer with friends yeah there is something there's definitely something about working out and i'm not a late in the day workout dude i mean i always wanted to do it before everything i had a really good stretch where i was in the gym at 5 30 6 a.m getting it done before working you know and then the rest of your day, that kind of, it really does set the tone. It 100%. really does set the tone. So much. 
Because man, when you get that early morning cardio in and that early morning burn, your metabolism and your body cranks. Even like if you, this is the other thing I was going to get into that I, that this coffee reminded me of. What did you put in this coffee? Because it was delicious. I would uh, like another one. But there's 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 creamer in here that's got calories in it. Cream is not bad for you. I know, but is there calories in it? There's no carbohydrates. Is there it. calories yes, in it? Yes, of course. Okay, so what I did is I tried to do six day a week intermittent fasting from 8 p.m. until noon. And it's unreal what it does. Now, does it like trick your body a little bit? Yeah. Does it help your metabolism? Yeah. Does, do you have to even have more control at lunchtime? Yes, because you're starving. So you, your ability to overindulge. You and, just want to eat 7,000 calories. And you got to be able to say, no, that's good. Because then your body's just rocking out. I did intermittent fasting for a year. So... Today, I'm intermittent fasting. Yesterday, I had intermittent fast. The day before, I intermittent fast. Not eat one calorie until noon. Well, you gave me calories in this cream. Well, I'll take that. That's fine. I'm starving right now. Like, literally starving. But that's a good way of, say, of, of not just burning calories and t- tricking your body. It's a good way of it's- saving yourself of not eating all those calories in the morning through a, a Egg McMuffin or anything that that is putting calories in your body if you just control that and you take in under 1800 2000 calories a day you can lose weight okay so another thing that you just reminded me of which is absolutely key to being fit or con- you know continuing on the right path versus the wrong one is when i eat i i try i intermittent i inter- intermittent fast quite a bit it's incredibly effective frankly because it just lowers your calorie intake. When you're only Big eating time. a certain amount of hours during the day, it, you rarely pack in the calories that you eat if you start all day. There's also a mentality when you get up <coughs> and you eat a massive meal right away of <coughs> awesome eggs and you know, venison sausage and cheese and toast. You also mentally say to yourself, well, I blew this day, so I'm writing this day off. And then you eat like crap the rest of the day. 100%. Versus if you fight yourself, to eat that first meal, if you intermittent fast and then you eat that first meal, you say, all right, I'm on track. And when you're on track, it's easier to stay on track than if you're completely off track right at the beginning. Then you say, all right, this day is blown already. I might as well blow the rest of it. 100%. And that's the thing about a, uh, uh, what they call a cheat day. I don't like the word cheat day. I don't like people to go, oh, I, I did pretty good six days and now I'm going to eat a tub of ice cream and two pizzas and sushi and all that. That ain't good either. The problem with cheat days for me, if you have like, oh, okay, I'm just going to eat like crap this one day. Well, then that one day spills over into the next day and pretty soon you're eating like crap every day. Yeah, the cheat day, you need to earn it and just do little. You need to understand portion control and that eating a piece of bread is not going to kill you if you're active in the gym. Yeah, but I'm not going to be a a preacher on it because I'm bad at it. I'm not going to... You're right. You're 100% right. But I'm not going to be the guy to say, yep, that's the way to do it. You got to do it like that because I, I'm not a practice what you preach kind of guy. And I, if I, I, wanna, I have enough guilt in myself that I want to be that person before I tell somebody else that they should be that way. Well, I'm not saying that either one of us are going to tell somebody. <laughs> We're having a conversation about we can, we can eat a normal diet. And not go so extreme. Yeah, but you're much better. At what I'm not saying. I'm. I'm saying you're much better at that than I am. You're much. Better I wouldn't at say it. that. You are much better at self control and, uh, uh, 
having exercise be a part of your daily routine than I am. You're much better at it. I don't know if better is the word. I'm just more committed. You could be just as committed. You're much more of an example of it. Mm, that's kind of generic, too. <laughs> I'm very linguistic. Not really. <laughs> I just think that everybody owes it to themselves to get off their ass and work out. Agreed? Yeah, you're not going to get an argument from me about that. No? God bless America. I thought today was going to be an easy day. <laughs> Has today been tough on you already? It's raining. <laughs> I'm worried about getting into the fields the rest of the week. I'm not worried about that. It's been raining for seven hours. It was pouring this morning. I know. Cats and dogs. It's going to be interesting. Lightning, thunder. All right. Well, I guess, are we going to work out? Are we going to end this by going and getting a workout in before we eat? Do you want to go outside and kick the shit out of each other? Just rock it with some air squats? See, that's what scares me right no, air there, squats. when you say stuff like that. Just doing what you can do. It's going to kick the shit out of both of us. I don't not, want to have a heart attack in upstate New York. We're not going to, you're not going to do what I do. I'm just going to show you some moves. I don't even think they have hospitals around here. <laughs> yeah, we drove by one yesterday. Jack, you want to work out? Jack, did you bring the paddles? You're getting the trailer what? No, just leave it on. We're good. Yeah. Just tell him to Uber up. He can figure it out. <laughs> All right, we're ending another uh, episode here at the Foul Life Con. Uh, podcast i don't know if we settled anything but we are going to go get a workout in joel we're going to post a picture of joel sweat after we uh get off here today gee all i have to do is get off the couch and we can do that <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all for listening i don't even know what we got done today but that was that was on my mind about <clears throat> overindulging at camp and not being in your routine and getting out of your routine and how to do little things that just to just make a better version of yourself every day and be able to hunt ducks and geese into our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Gets harder every day, Joel. Yes, it does. Thank you all for listening to the Foul Life Podcast. This is 2 a.m. Logic, my Foul Life. It's in my heart, it's in my soul